0: Thank you for tuning in to Cop One Comic. I'm Brian Copp, and we're with comic Jason David. Jason David, how the hell are
1: you? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, man, thanks for coming on, and I appreciate you doing it because we're during a quarantine here, and during quarantine, people can see your comedy online. Your Jason D. Comedy on Twitter, and you're (laughs) also uh, on Instagram. I follow you, too. Uh, jason david comedy and then online you have your own website of course and it's jason david dot com is it is it there where you're going to let us know where you're doing comedy during the quarantine
1: uh that's correct um i if i'm uh if i'm doing anything during the quarantine like any fun shows i'll post about it there uh and in the meantime you can catch me there's a there's an open mic that goes on in washington square park where i
0: yeah. am i'm hanging out yeah i just heard john listman talk about that and he said uh he said there was young people without masks and stuff and meanwhile john listman is there with the mask and gloves and things like that like what are you noticing at the washington square mi- open mic that's just such a cool location that it's it's pretty neat that there's an open mic there
1: it is cool that there's an open mic there uh i'm wearing i i wear a mic unless i'm uh on the unless i'm on the microphone um but yeah it's a you know, it's been a good, I, I, it's sort of interesting because like at this point, any comedy thing feels like it's more for the performers than it is for the audience, but
0: yeah.
1: three or four months since I performed. So it was nice to sort of halt the free fall of my ability to be on stage.
0: Yeah. Even the NBA people are like, you know, the NBA teams who were not invited to the Orlando bubble are thinking about starting their own bubble in Chicago because they're worried that some of these young players, their skills will atrophy for being off so long.
1: It's gotta be, it's gotta be the longest I've gone without playing in their whole lives.
0: Oh yeah. (laughs) And I guess they're probably playing, you know, inside their home gym, you know, they should have one. Um, But it's kind of the same thing for comics, man. You got to stay sharp.
1: Uh, But yeah, mostly just uh, trying to keep up with writing, doing, you know, that little bit of stage time. And then other than that, just trying to occupy myself.
0: And are you doing any zoom shows or any kind of, uh, you know, comedy videos that you're trying to make go viral?
1: I have, uh, so uh, me and my girlfriend Courtney have a comedy duo called Just Roommates Comedy that you can find uh Just Roommates Comedy on Instagram. And we've released a couple of sketches. Um, the tone of our sketches were very silly. So over the course of the sort of social upheaval that was happening in the past month or so, we slowed down our output, but we're going to be putting some new sketches up uh, relatively soon. And um, I have not been doing, I did, uh, my friend Nick Crespo has, a, has an Instagram live show called Couches Comedy. Yeah.
0: Couches, man. Couches. Is is it just New York City comics or does he go nationwide? Because he's had a lot of great comics on there.
1: I think he gets people people from all over the country. Uh, I I imagine, I'm sure there's some people calling in from like London and stuff. I haven't like checked in on that regularly, but I've done that a couple times. But other than that, not so much uh, Instagram or Zoom stuff.
0: Yeah, Crespo's rocking and rolling. So nice to see, like, you know, a former guest of mine is a former guest of his. And it's just it's just great to see that we have all the great comics, including Jason David. I mean, that's what all these, co- these shows have in common, man. If Jason David has been on your show, you're a fucking show. I mean, if not, what the fuck are you doing?
1: You're on your way to the top. <laughs>
0: And one of the things we're going to talk about today is conspiracy bullshit especially in the context of uh of current events and you you you're more knowledgeable than me when it comes to the Wayfair thing explain the Wayfair thing to me. So, I mean is it a furniture company or what the fuck is Wayfair? So so Wayfair
1: is a, it's a furniture delivery company from by the way just nice tip uh for Wayfair is if you make any complaint about the furniture they don't bother with returning it they just give it to you for free. So that's a nice thing for the people out there listening. <laughs> order something on Wayfair telling me you don't like it. This might be, this this podcast might be the very end of that policy. Uh, (laughs) With the child trafficking thing. So I guess they were like, this happens if you're browsing Wayfair. You'll see like a cabinet or like a shower curtain or something. And there's a version of it that's like $9 or whatever regular amount for something would be. And then like, if you scroll down a little bit further, there's something that looks exactly the same, but has like a name in front of it and costs like $10,000. So someone posted on reddit because it, that's like news now is someone posted on reddit like
0: uh, is it possible these people are trafficking children i don't know but crazy if true because <laughs> it'd be the same thing but just a chill, a child inside and that's what, what would make it so expensive
1: <laughs> exactly and then someone and then someone in the wayfair public relations department just fucking put their head in their
0: hands inside deeply <laughs> And this is what we're going to be dealing with it for the next fucking. Uh, I thought our biggest PR problem was the fact that everybody's learning that we give away furniture for free. Now yeah. they think we're giving away kids. And what are some of the other kind of Reddit conspiracy theories that have bubbled up to your uh, to your eye that have caught your eye? Oh man, well I you know sometimes
1: uh, I like the unresolved mysteries thing. There's all sorts of crazy stuff on there. Um, there was one dude. I'm going to do such a bad job of recounting
0: it, and this isn't. Right. An- Good, that's how conspiracy shit should work. That's how it should spread. Like, you know, this guy told this guy, it's like a version of Telephone. It gets crazier every time.
1: It's, uh, it, was, it was like a fishing boat off of the coast of Spain that was like, um, they were just supposed to make like a quick trip to like some island off the coast of Spain and back. And then they went way off course. Uh, another boat found them and offered to give them a tow back to their port. Uh, they said no, they didn't want any help. They knew how to get back. Thanks for finding us, but we're fine. Then they went off course again. And they were discovered months later. The boat was discovered with only one person left on it, and like a journal where he had written down all these terrible things he'd done, and ripped them all up.
0: Wow. So what the fuck happened?
1: Uh, I guess they they just they got lost and they got delirious. It's uh, it's pretty crazy, man. I don't know. I just like that. There's like that cool section of the internet that is just weird esoteric conspiracies. That like the fact there's just never going to be an answer for something like that. Like no one's looking into it, you know.
0: Yeah, it's like some of the celebrity deaths. Like that Christopher Walken one and Natalie Wood. Didn't she get uh, pushed off a boat or she fell off a boat? Or there was a recent thing on Glee. The Glee woman just... <laughs> she she's yeah, uh, Yeah, she's fucking... All they found was a four-year-old kid. And I'm like, oh, obviously the four-year-old kid pushed her off. Yeah, yeah. The kid. <laughs> <of> the- <laughs> The kid fucking did it. And so, I mean, it, you know, is any of this stuff like, um, you know, QAnon or any of the Trump bullshit like deep state, do you believe there's a deep state? And and what the fuck is it with lizard people? And the fact, I mean, I guess the QAnon conspiracy is they think that there's this this pedophile elite that runs the deep state and it's Trump who's trying to bring it down. So kind of, uh, and all those people are starting to win Republican primaries, which of course is good, because then they're going to get trounced by a, a moderate uh, Democrat.
1: Uh, I mean, you, you would hope so.
0: I mean, it's... it's... <laughs> it's the, the passion the passion of QAnon is such that they're going to drive into the polls it's also it's like one of those things that's like you know
1: my I, like i don't know if i don't know if like my like q is just such like a weird corner of the internet i think because like the atlantic and like some of these mainstream people are like starting to post articles about it there's like a broader understanding of it but like the sort of uh the insidiousness of stuff like that is that by the time regular people are hearing about it, it's already like sort of infected the brains of like a whole subculture of people and just like yeah. have like truth for them.
0: So by then it's too late. It's too late. I mean,
1: the fact, dude, the fact that like these people were able to like run a congressional race and like say that and their fellow Republicans, they just didn't know enough about it to even talk about how crazy that was, I feel
0: like. Yeah. And what do you think about some of these, uh, conspiracy theories co-opting um normal symbols like how the okay symbol now means what white supremacy or some shit
1: you know what annoys me about that is like so people do start doing that right because i think there's like this whole thing on 4chan and like all this stuff where these people they like want to upset like normal like sort of generously minded people by taking an innocuous symbol and making it like a symbol of hate yeah it's like when it always been like an innocuous symbol is always a symbol of hate. So then it's like, oh, you can't make the okay sign anymore.
0: It's like, they don't get you to just take it. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Just> <laughs> they, <there. laughs> yeah, they absolutely do not. And, and how much is this, is somebody like I don't, Gavin McGuinness or, or whoever the provocateur, all the other provocateurs, the right wing provocateurs, like how much is it them trying to co-opt some of the conspiracy theories for their own platform? you know to drive uh users to their own platform and sell books and 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 charge people big appearance fees well that's my like milo yana polis or whatever
1: yeah i mean that guy's just like you know he just wants to be like an internet celebrity or whatever i think it's so funny that like
0: that he like he sort of compares
1: himself to a guy like christopher hitchens and it's like i don't know christopher hitchens wrote his own books like your you your ceiling is twitter like that's where that's that's where you thrive
0: yeah and that means you can't get deplatformed. And all these people are going over to into Parlor or these other sites, and they're noticing that it's it's not cool. Because one of the cool thing about owning the liberals is you get to own the liberals. You get to you know bait Chrissy Teigen into saying something, and that means that all her followers are gonna start being aware of you, and that's gonna help you drive you know sales of Christopher Hitchens' book or whatever. And you can't do that on Parlor if everybody is the same right winger.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, those guys. It's it's sort of the purpose of trolling is kind of lost, right?
0: Yeah, and so I mean, what would be a com? You know, your comedy act, you know, is it? You know, is you know, if you were to start a conspiracy theory, what would the the Jason David platform be? What kind of conspiracy theories could you credibly get behind if only to uh, make sure your your comedy shows are full?
1: Just to, just to, like drive people to my shows.
0: Yeah, what could you co-opt comfortably and and maybe give a, you know, pay pay lip service to it? I you gotta. So you gotta pick like like pick a business, so it's like, okay,
1: so take like uh uh like general Electric. my thing would be <laughs> like, uh this random executive in general Electric is actually like a cornerstone of all this uh of all these like human trafficking and assassinations, and if you come to my show, I'll be able to like put the web together for you, but I can only do it in live <laughs> because be, they're just gonna debunk it with their yeah. f- fake facts
0: oh uh, yeah I love that it's like yeah, if I do you know. It's so it's so controversial that even even you know disclosing these things in an online format would get me into trouble with the deep state or some shit. So you have to come to my show. Here's, and- here, yeah, here's the secret code that you that you have to get in. Here's the Zoom code. <laughs> and so you and I love that now because yeah. So it's kind of the Wayfair model. You would take General Electric and you'd make some allegations and make sure they stick. And. and Do you- best thing
1: uh the best thing i saw about the wayfair thing was just someone i think it was snopes that was like why would wayfair have a have a situation where someone could accidentally buy a child from them like someone could just (laughs) expensive cabinet it'd be like uh why why is there why is a little boy in this what do you want me to do with this
0: well i mean yeah i mean nobody's gonna and i guess that's it you know maybe because it's ten thousand dollars like if they had make it made it like You know, 50 bucks or 100 bucks. Somebody could accidentally buy that thinking, all right, well, you know, shower curtain could could cost 100 bucks if there's gold shower rings or whatever, but nobody's going to accidentally buy the $10,000 one. And then, then, yeah, there should be a pop up message at that point. Are you sure you want the $10,000 model, which has a lot of good things inside or something?
1: And if you did just buy it, like hoping to buy a really expensive cabinet and there was like a kid in there, you'd be too embarrassed to return it because you'd have. (laughs) buying a cabinet
0: and of course you'd, you'd you'd complain about it and they'd give it to you for free they'd refund you $10,000 keep it oh maybe that's why the policy is <laughs> there you go you've added another layer to this conspiracy Jason David That's true that's and, so, and then so what are some of the things like do you believe there's a deep state the whole Trump thing like you know the whole Flynn thing they're talking about not only like you know they're appealing you know, the Michael Flynn thing he was you know I think he lied to Congress or whatever and, and then he got let go or, or they, you know, there's an appellate ruling saying, let let the motherfucker go because the district court said so. And then they're appealing that to en banc or the full uh, 12 appellate court justices or whatever. But if he gets out, they're talking about bringing him on the campaign trail, which is kind of just a, a method of, yeah, a method of trolling. So kind of what, what point, um, you know, is there any role in trolling when it comes to kind of a building a comedian's social media? Like, is there anything that you could do via your Twitter account that could make you go from thousands of followers to millions, just with a few trolling replies or retweets?
1: Well, I do. I, I think that is the sort of, um, Twitter is such like a toxic platform to begin I have very few followers and I've, I only got on the platform in November. So it's not like speaking for personal experience, but even seeing the people who have like uh, got a lot of followers or like added like, you know, 25, 30, 40% to their followership and the time since uh the pandemic started a lot of it is just like hilarious innocuous stuff but there's so many people on twitter and so many people who are like hungry to be angry at something that almost every twitter personality gets to like position themselves as someone who made x upset that's just like always something that's available to
0: you yeah blocked by this person
1: exactly and it's just like you know there's just like a lot of people who just post like hilarious innocuous stuff about their life and someone just goes like are you saying blah 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 or, like <laughs> I don't know. You're, so, you're, the, you're the joke's on you now because you're upset at this person on the internet.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so like what, what kind of, you know, what kind of stuff is any of this kind of, you know, conspiracy stuff or, or current events, like, you know, putting it into your act can kind of um, get you a certain following that you might or might not be comfortable with or it might be dated to the extent you are talking about current events. So, so what kind of uh, is, is, you know, making its way into your act, staying in your act, you know, I don't have to tell me any jokes or anything, but are you observational or are you autobiographical?
1: I really, I try to be, uh, particularly with the pandemic going on, I've been writing a lot lately. And um, so I try to write just like a, I try to write like a page of observational, like jokes based on the headlines every day, just to like to be in the practice of like joke structure and like cranking out material. But for stuff that I do on stage, I try to stay personal just because like you're saying, uh, you know, anything topical is uh, quickly dated. Anything about the pandemic, when we get back, comics who are further along and have a bigger platform are going to be eating up all that material just because people will be listening to them first. So yeah. that stuff has a crazy expiration date on it. Yeah. And honestly, if I talk about topical stuff, I have my own perspective, but, you know, the world has uh, people like Tim Dillon, who was like someone with such like a sharp perspective on like topical events. And, and like, if I were to have, if I were to like try to imitate like just like a take on like current events, I would to like to a greater or lesser extent just be like imitating so- like either him or someone like him who was like very much in the public eye as a comic with like a sharp perspective on stuff that's going on. So I
0: try to stay personal. Okay. So you have a kind of a sharp perspective on personal things and that way you don't, um, you know, your material will be evergreen. It will never go out of uh, time or date.
1: I'm still trying to build an act and it's like tough yeah. to, you know, when you're, when you're a guy who's able to get on TV or like, uh, who has like people like regularly checking to see what your take is on stuff you can have all this material and stuff that's like a day old, two days old. But I try to, if I'm writing something like that, it's like tweet length, set up punch, but like for longer bits and stuff, I I really just try to talk about my life.
0: And so do you, I mean, does any of that come with, uh, you know, kind of the two roommates living in New York city, a lot of that's making its way into just roommates comedy, but is any of that stuff making its way into your act, you know, kind of the things of, you know, living with a, a fellow comedian or a girlfriend or whatever.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of this stuff, um, uh, I'm 26 now I've been in a uh, I've been in a relationship since I was 21 so you know part of I think being a newer comic is identifying the things that uh, are an experience that you can speak to specifically and I think as uh, as far as young people in like performance go I'm sort of a person who's been in a relationship for a long time I can bring that perspective uh, to the stage where it may not be available from like a lot of the comics we're on stage talking, so there's a lot of talking about that. Uh, you know, personal background, relationship uh, with my family. Just stuff that only I can talk about.
0: Yeah, what what stuff from your background are you talking about? Like, are you a big family, or was it a certain type of family?
1: Oh, just, uh, just uh, dude, that I was, I was, I was just a euphemist. I talk about being Jewish.
0: <laughs> so you have to somehow make that fresh, because there's probably a couple people out there talking about that experience.
1: There, are either, I could name a handful of Jewish humorists that have... Uh, <laughs>
0: But is that, I mean, is how do you transition? Like some of these things I worry about, like, you know, if I were to go on stage and do comedy and I'm not really a comedian, I'm more of just a podcaster of comedians, like the difficulty in transitioning from one thing in your life to another thing in your life is not necessarily seamless. Like how do you kind of transition um, via, you know, from a Jewish upbringing to that of, you know, having a long-term relationship? Um, I think it's just sort of a,
1: it's something... That just takes hammering out on stage and it's like sort of like is the joke that this is a jarring transition, if that's the case, then maybe there's no transition at all. But are they close <laughs> that like with this, like with a you know, with a sentence or two, you know, a joke about being Jewish can end somehow on like living in New York City? I'm, I'm not, I'm not fast on my feet in such a way that I can like come up with an example, but then, yeah. so you've started a joke about that and finished with something about New York and then you go, yeah, yeah, New York, I like living in New York, I live in an apartment with my girlfriend, you know? It's- there you go. That's
0: a, yeah, I mean, I, and I suppose that's only a problem when you have a longer set. Like, you know, you can work on these chunks discreetly at open mics, like at a at certain mic you might do your Jewish stuff and um, a different mic you might do your relationship stuff and it's only when you have a 10 minute stuff do you need to make that transition and it sounds like in your case it's pretty seamless.
1: Well, it, it depends because I think that's a good point that you're making because I'm so used to like when you start here at open mics and there's like there's no social decorum or like any emphasis on performance at an open mic. So it's just like the awkwardness and learning to live within the awkwardness can be the point. But you do sometimes when you start to get like longer sets and stuff, if you're doing a 10 or 12, 15 minute set even, you know, if you can when you get to being like eight minutes into a set, it, you can be like I can be like, oh, I forgot to talk about this thing about being Jewish but I finished that chunk like four minutes ago and <laughs> desperate as it is if I drop it in now. So do I, have, do I let that go? Do I just like brave through it? Do I mention it? And I think that's part of developing chops. Cause I'm still, you know, I was just, um, when the pandemic started, I was just starting to even uh, with a little more regularity be doing like bar shows and stuff and like the occasional guest spot at a club or something.
0: Right. As you're a victim of your own success, you had to learn, you know, kind of transitions on the fly. Exactly. I mean, it sounds like just perfect transitions. I mean, and and that's something you can plan ahead ahead of time. Um, But, you know, once you have it, then you have to, I guess the next step would be, you know, it's like, okay, well, how to then take these 10 minute things and and put them into something that can approximate a 60 minute special. And then again, that's just going to be kind of transitions, but also it's going to be, you know, keeping and discarding things that don't give people the takeaway of who Jason David is. Like at some point you're going to have to edit certain shit out, even if it's funny just because it doesn't fit the rest of the narrative.
1: Yeah, I think that's definitely true. Well, it's like when uh, like when you're writing something, they always tell you to kill your darlings. And it's like, particularly during a, a short comedy set when you're starting out, you're obviously just trying to make everyone laugh, but to speak cynically, you're also trying to bottle yourself in a way that the audience understands. And part of that comes with like, you're selling a certain package to an audience that is comprehensible within 10 minutes. So, yeah. you know, if you're talking about like, you know, if you're talking about like, you know, like cutie pie relationship stuff. And then you just drop in something about QAnon sex trafficking. People go, <laughs> guy that I'm listening to.
0: Yeah, well, I, I totally appreciate you saving the fucking conspiracy thing for this podcast. Uh, but all the funny stuff, just, you know, I mean, the additional funny stuff that's more personal to you, like, you know, your girlfriend being TikTok famous. I mean, these are things I, I follow on uh, Twitter at Jason D Comedy, but also I follow you on Instagram at two places, Jason David Comedy, but also this just roommates comedy. So I can't wait to see more kind of quarantine comedy from you and your your girlfriend. I appreciate that. Cool. Thank you so much, Jason David. Hey thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.